We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. From the lakefront to the riverfront, this is where Wisconsin sports fans come to talk. The Bill Michael Show. Now, here's your host, Bill Michaels. Welcome on this New Year's Day Eve edition. (laughs) Oh boy, 2020 can't get out of here fast enough, right? The year that we're all going to remember, but we all would love to forget. I mean, that's kind of the way it is. And uh, the one thing about this season uh, that maybe you don't want to forget is the fact that the Packers are on the quest uh, of being 13-3, and the number one overall seed in the NFC, and uh, having the ability, uh, at least, to control their own destiny at home from the friendly confines of Lambeau Field. And uh, we know that uh, the Bucks season didn't go the way we had kind of hoped it would. We didn't get a chance to see Badger basketball in the postseason in the NCAA tournament. The Badgers football season got uh, somewhat derailed. You see what happened with the Brewers this year, but uh, the Packers have stood strong, and they're uh, the ones that are bringing you hope towards the end of the year and into the new year. So, Hopefully uh, it continues on. Glad to have you back. Let's bring in Ryan Wood, shall we? Uh, let's do this. Let's bring in Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press-Gazette, joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Ryan, how you been? What's going on, Bill? Doing pretty well. Good to hear. Good to hear. Um, so l- let me ask you, that the last time these two teams met, how much should we take – from it, I guess is the best way to put it. I'm looking at I, I look. I said 35-20. Packers get a win. Uh, a lot of the same things are going to happen, in my opinion. It's not like you're going into a hostile environment. You're playing at a you know a, a fanless Soldier Field. So I don't really, even though the Bears have played better, I still don't think the Bears are the team that many people are starting to believe they are. You know what I mean? I mean during this recent uptick for the Bears offense that they've played the Jaguars they've played the Vikings they've played the Texans and the Lions so we're not talking about a murderer's row of defenses here Um, you know it was just it was just a month ago and I get that a lot can happen in a month a lot can change in a month especially this year 2020 it's like every day's a month but it's only a month it was not that long ago and the Packers waxed the Bears at Lambeau Field. Um, the score was nowhere near as close, not, nor as indicative of, of what the game actually was. It was one team that was far superior than the other. And I get that the Bears didn't have Akeem Hicks, and on Sunday they'll have Akeem Hicks, and that does make a difference. Um, but I just I have a hard time thinking it makes that big of a difference. Uh, the way that this Packers team is playing um it's 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 going to be 13 and 3 again most likely just like last season but it's a much better team than last season so I I I just yeah how much do you make I I I don't think that you can forget the fact that they just they just blew them out a month ago 
I, uh, I I look at the way the Packers did it last time, 163 yards in the run game between Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. Now you add into the mix A.J. Dillon. I, I, you know, the old adage is how you only have one football, uh, and you've got all three guys playing pretty well. Jamal Williams obviously coming back from uh, from injury, but um, how do you think, how do you see the spread around, so to speak? Uh, I, I mean, I think still Aaron Jones is your cash cow, but between Jamal Williams and A.J. Dillon, how do you see that working out in the in the backfield? I, I wish I knew. I have no idea. That That's going to be really fascinating, Bill, because there's only one football. And there's three of those guys that they want to get that football to. Um, and it's, you know, like, like Matt LaFleur said earlier this week, it, it's a good problem to have. It's a luxury because effectively you're always going to have a, a fresh running back to throw at, at, at a defense. Um, so you don't have to – you know, you can wear on a defense and even more for four quarters when you keep – those legs fresh i just i don't know how they're going to it's going to be really interesting because they, they can't they can't just put aj dillon back to the back burner again after what he did last week uh, he's he's a playmaker he makes them better he's got to be on the field jamal williams does certain things better than any of the other two he's the best pass blocker uh he's quite possibly the best receiver uh, he, he you know he led the team in touchdown catches last year so it's it's just it's tough. I, I I don't know how they're going to do it, but at the end of the day, it's a really good problem to have. Um, with AJ Dillon, the way he ran, I, and again, I it, tremendous. I, I'm glad to see him run the ball extremely well and get his opportunities. But I I'm kind of pumping the brakes a little bit on the hey, it's no big deal. Get rid of Aaron Jones. Get rid of Jamal Williams. You got AJ Dillon. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's certainly. Saying it's no big deal would be uh, exaggerative. Uh, no question about that. Um, it is a big deal because if you can just allow yourself to envision what a, a backfield might look like with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon for an entire season, um, you've got a lot of lightning and thunder there, and you've got you've got a lot of explosiveness and, and, and dy- dynamic playmaking ability. Um, the problem is that. The cap is a big deal in the NFL, and there are things that you can absolutely do to manipulate the cap. But at the end of the day, you've got to you got to fit under the cap. I mean, there's only so much you can do, and this is a team that spent a lot of money to retain its own from Aaron Rodgers a couple years ago, the, the massive deal he got, to David Bakhtiari, to Kenny Clark, and to go out and, and spend in the free agent market with Zadarius Smith, with Preston Smith. Uh, at some point, the cap runs out. So, uh, no, it's 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 very much a big deal. In a perfect ideal world, you would very much want to have Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon split a backfield together. Um, but it's it's tough to see, just considering that Aaron Jones is a dynamic superstar talent that on the open market is going to get top dollar because he deserves top dollar. And at a fraction of the cost, you might be able to have AJ Dillon and and Jamal Williams back in your backfield, and that's pretty good backfield in its own right. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how Brian Gutekind values that, that position and, and, and kind of keeping that trio together. There is, um, as much as I like what Jamal Williams does and even what I saw at A.J. Dillon, there's not that extra gear, that extra intuit, that extra hop, that extra step, that extra burst. I mean, it's just it, to the eyeball test, you can clearly see that Aaron Jones is a difference maker, and and those guys can be you know really quality supporting cast. So, um, I, I mean, I I understand that uh, there's a whole monetary situ- situation that the Packers have to work on, but uh, but to say goodbye to Aaron Jones 
would not be an easy pill to swallow. You know what I mean? Especially with the relationship that he's grown with uh, Aaron Rodgers and the way he's performed and picking up blitzes and become so much better a receiver. Uh, that would be a tough pill to swallow. There's no question. Even look at Sunday night. A.J. Dillon had a phenomenal game. He had a 30-yard touchdown on fourth and inches. He ran over the entire Tennessee Titans defense from the five-yard line for a second touchdown. I mean, it was it was a freakish play. I mean, there was no, he had no business getting in the end zone. He just bowled over three, four guys, five yards. And yet it was Aaron Jones who changed the game after the Titans had, had pulled close with that long run down the sideline. Uh, they, they needed a play, and he's the one that delivered it. And that's the thing that you get with Aaron Jones that you don't get with anyone else is that at any point, whenever he touches the football, he, he is Barry Bonds in the, in the box. Any pitch can get, go, go out of the yard. Any, any play can be a home run. That's what Aaron Jones gives you that no one else does. So um, that, that's, that's the tough thing. But, again, it's, it's, just, it's a money thing. I, I, I don't know if they're going to be able to, to, to do it. Uh, it's certainly there's other sacrifices that they would absolutely have to be, be, be making to do it, starting with starting over again in the secondary. Um, now you can say you know, on paper Kevin King versus Aaron Jones. There's no, there's no question who's the better player. I mean, one's a, a pro bowler and the other is is often hurt. Uh, but Kevin King's a very good corner, and if you don't have him, you are starting over at one of the game's most important positions again. You have Jair Alexander and a lot of question marks. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's a, there's a full thirty thousand foot view that they've got to make of this roster, and and maybe that includes tagging Aaron Jones. By all means, he's a guy that they want back on this team. It's just it's not going to be an easy thing to do. Tom with Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press-Gazette. You bring up the defensive side of the football. Savage has played extremely well. Really, you go back to like week 10 and beyond. He has been uh, he has been really, really solid. You, Jair Alexander, we know about. Kevin King, uh, at times he's had his issues, but for the most part, uh, it, it's become one of the better secondaries in football. And I think Adrian Amos... We don't talk about him, but he's just a stabilizer. I mean, he's not dynamic. He's not great, but he's very much a stabilizer. Now you're starting to see the linebackers get in get in on, on the action. You're starting to see Rashawn Gary become a real force, not necessarily statistically, but more so getting push. Kenny Clark always has. Darius is roaming around. Do you start to see get the sense that this defense, after going to Mike Pettin, saying simplify it, that all of a sudden this thing's starting to gel and maybe hit the ground running at the right time? I don't know how you can make any other – thought uh, and formulate any other opinion after what you saw last last Sunday. I think going into that game, it was very much an open question of, okay, how much of this is just a byproduct of, you know, they've, they've looked good against the bears until the fourth quarter. They, they, they just, they sacked the crap out of the Eagles, but everyone's sacking the Eagles. I mean, it's a terrible offensive line and Carson Wentz looks broken. So the fact that they had seven sacks against the Eagles, okay, that, that's what they should do. They played well against Matthew Stafford and the Lions, but it's it, it's the Lions. So there was still that question of how do they how do they pair up against a really good offense? And the Titans are nothing short of a really good offense. Thirty-one points per game coming in. Derrick Henry, and not just Derrick Henry, because they got Corey Davis and AJ Brown, Johnny Smith, and Ryan Tannehill. I mean, they got playmakers on that offense, and for them to hold them to fourteen points, and really they were they were one very well designed and executed fake from Ryan Tannehill away from just seven points um, because that, that, that play, that the design of that play, the execution of that play was flawless. Those things are going to happen. 
the fact that they played that well against the Titans, I, I don't think that you can look at this defense as anything else other than late in the season. It's coming into its own. It's much better than it was two, three months ago. There's no question about that. The pass rush is back. Darnell Savage Jr., if you invert his seasons, if he had four touchdowns in the first month of the season instead of the past month, he's a pro bowler. So, you know, he's coming on as a young guy, and, uh, you know, at all levels, it's, it's been a defense that has gotten better and better. Um, before I let you go, I, I asked a question earlier, and this is something we'll get into a little bit more next week once uh, kind of the playoff scenarios uh, map out. But what team do you feel is best equipped to come into Lambeau Field once the postseason gets underway and knock the Packers off? You know, I think it's probably either the Bucks or the Seahawks. The Bucks, because I, I get the whole cold weather thing for Tampa, but it's Tom Brady, and it's a good defense. And a good defense travels – in the cold weather. That's, that's one of the, the – a run game and good defense, you, you can expect to travel even in the cold. Tom Brady, he's not scared of the cold. I mean, he, he's, he's lived his entire professional life in the cold. And then I, I think anybody in this, in this conference that has to go against Russell Wilson is going to find a tough out. Russell Wilson's the type of player that can just go off and ruin a season. And, frankly, he almost did that in the divisional round last year. I think the Packers are a better team than the Seahawks. I, don't, I, I think that that's been established – but Russell Wilson's just one of those guys, and I know he's never won at Lambeau Field before, but he's just one of those guys who, if he has the right day, you don't want to see him. So th- th- those would be the two teams that, you know. Um, but the, here, here's the reality as far as I see it for the, for, for the Packers. They're, they're not a fluky number one seed if they win this week. It's, it's not a fluke. On paper, they're the best team in the conference. That's where they're going into the postseason with. It means they could lose. They lost in 2011 when they were the best team in the conference. You've seen this happen before. doesn't mean it's a guarantee or a lock. But it's, it's where you want to be sitting going into the postseason. You want to feel confident and comfortable that you are, in fact, the best team in the conference. And I think that they can feel that way. Great stuff, as always. Uh, we'll talk again next week as uh, we start to effort towards the postseason and uh, kind of figure out who's playing who and where and when and who the next opponent's going to be for the Packers. Ryan, great stuff, as always, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, take care. There you go. Ryan Wood, Green Bay Press Gazette, PackersNews.com. You can find him on Twitter at ByRyanWood, at ByRyanWood. Joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard, they treat you fair. 80-plus years they've been getting it done. Call them, 844-PRIDE, or go to SchneiderJobs.com. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at New Mail Medical. You're about to ring in the new year. Try ringing in a new you. It's that simple. Our friends over at New Mail Medical, they can help you out whether it's, uh, you know, just getting you through the uh, through the holidays and getting you energy into the new year. It, it, 2020 has been crappy. So 2021, start off with a new you, start off with more energy. Uh, maybe if you've had issues during quarantines and being cooped up and staying home and a certain room of the house is not uh, living up to the expectation, so to speak, like you thought it might, uh, there's another reason to head over there. But in addition to that, uh, our friends over at Newmel Medical Center, you don't have to go into the new year with weight. And if you do and you're heading at and you're weighing in today and you're going, you know what, I need to lose some poundage, they can help you out with the all-in-one weight loss program as well. And it really, really does work. I'm ending this year uh, down 64 pounds from where I was last year at almost the same time. So it's uh, it's been great, uh, absolutely fantastic. Kept it off, lost it, kept it off, and I'm looking to lose maybe six more, something like that, and get down to an even uh, 225, 230, which will be like the lowest I've been since high school. 
Um, so, it, again, it, it's, it really does work. Call them, 414-455-4451. That's 414-455-4451. That's the New Mal Medical Center. When we come back, a uh, little bit of concern, but uh, otherwise, uh, as far as last night goes, no big deal. It's somewhat understandable. Stay tuned. We'll talk about it more coming up next on The Bill Michael Show. 16 stations strong. The Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. The Green and Gold postgame show coming up immediately following Green Bay and Chicago this Sunday after the game. Gary Ellison and I, we're going to get your reaction. Whatever happens postseason, it's going to be getting underway uh, in a week, and we'll let you know where the Packers, uh, what they're going to be doing, whether they're going to be playing at home, sitting back and relaxing and waiting for the next opponent to come to them, uh, or if something else transpires uh, plus the way the bears play we'll talk about all of it coming up immediately following the game the green and gold postgame show right here in many of these same stations uh the bucks a couple of nights ago 144 97 they just destroy the miami heat easily so in a back-to-back uh, the bucks then turn around and fall last night 119 108 this is uh was a discussion there you saw some animation between chris middleton and uh, and Giannis last night and this was uh, the discussion after the fact. Giannis and Middleton going at it here. They're talking to each other, teaching each other. It's a bit vocal. This would lead me to believe that it may in fact have been a breakdown defensively. Well, just a lot of passion. On, I love the passion on Chris's part. It's like two brothers having a disagreement. And, and yes, it gets heated at, at times, but... You know, it's not going to cross any kind of a line. Giannis jumps up like it might, but it's only, it's only to emphasize a point. And it's hard to exa- know exactly what they were talking about, but that last wide-open layup, don't know for a fact that that's what it was about, but it kind of looks that way now. And then they team up on an alley-oop. See? Beautiful. So there you go. That was uh, the Bucks broadcast on Fox Sports Wisconsin, and uh, it, it did get um, – I don't think heated would be a good way to put it, but it was animated. It was two guys that were genuinely, more so Chris Middleton, pointing out something. I mean, he kept pointing his arm over at the court as if to say, you missed this or you didn't do this or whatever, and Giannis kind of nodding his head. I mean, it looked like Giannis was kind of taking his medicine. And and uh, it's good that Chris Middleton has that kind of cachet that he can get in Giannis's grill and say, hey, you know what, you screwed up, you know? You screw you're you're the MVP, man. You're the king that uh, reigns supreme in the kingdom, but you screwed up. And uh, that was uh, part of that discussion last night as the Bucks uh, fall in the second of the back-to-back against the Miami Heat. Eight five five eight three zero eight six four. Let's go to Dan listening to us in Miami talking Bucks and Heat. Dan, how you doing? Doing well, doing well, Bill. Happy New Year to you, your family. You too. Ready at the station. Appreciate it. Um, so big picture, Bill, uh, wanted to bring you back to Bud here. And um, you're right. Yesterday's game in, in, in a vacuum doesn't mean much, but it's more the big, the big picture to me, as always. And it's really the lack of composure shown by the, uh, 
by the by the team overall and how I think that should come from Bud. And if you don't mind here, I'm actually going to paraphrase from a popular poster on a local uh, forum here in his work. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to read you a couple sentences because he said it much better than me. He says, um, he basically says, one second here. Um, okay, best coaches stay out of the way of most of the time of their NBA players. They don't overcall by setting a play every single time down the floor. But there are times when the shots don't fall. It could be cold shooting, great defense, or in the playoffs, it's likely both. What does a team do in these situations? What do the players truly believe in? For most teams, this leadership needs to come from the bench, except Bud simply doesn't provide it. You can sense it in the players. Last night was a perfect example, as we saw players individually try to right the ship. It was just players trying to do it themselves against the matchup in the teeth of defense, just like the opposing coach would hope for. This team will never win a title with Bud, he says. Hopefully he's wrong here. Sucks, but true. But that's, Bill, basically this is, you know, how Bled used to lose it down the stretch and how we lost it against Toronto. I mean, what what are your thoughts? I mean, I, I, this is what I'm concerned about. But anyway, I, No, I, I completely understand what it is uh, that you just read, and, and that is correct. I mean, um, what coaches should do is allow players to play but put them in the best possible position to be successful. And if they start to get astray because of the way they want to play, you you as a coach, you're there to coach. That's what you do. It's not just babysit and make sure that everybody goes to practice. It's it's to be the coach, to put them in the best possible position to make plays. You saw that. I mean, Popovich has been very good at it. We've seen other coaches throughout history be very, very good at it. Phil Jackson's been good at it. Red Auerbach for years was good at it. I mean, even, even though he had talent, you still got to corral the talent. So some of the best coaches, that's what it is they do. and And that's why once – Giannis signed, and he, it became official. I mean, he's a buck. Uh, he, he went ahead and signed the, the, the Supermax. All the eyes now go to Coach Budenholzer because now it's – look, there's no more distraction. This is it. This is the guys that you've been given, and you have to do more with them. You have to figure things out. You have to put them in better positions to make plays. Clearly what you're doing is pounding your head against the wall and hoping for a different result. And you can't do that. You're bringing in different shooters. You're bringing in different personnel. You're kind of tweaking things around Giannis. The one thing that has not changed is philosophically, defensively more so than anything, is the way things are done. That's why now all the eyes go to Coach Budenholzer. If you can't get him over the hump here, then changes are probably going to be made. I I, I would not doubt that. Uh, and I'm not calling for it because I'm hoping they can right the ship and they can kind of figure things out. And I figure for the first 15 or 20 games, it would take this team a little while to kind of feel themselves out with the personnel changes they've made. But after that, you got to figure they got to hone it in, and then you got to really get into a rhythm. And you and you and you got to do it with the anticipation of the way the game will change. Also, foresight-wise, in the postseason, because the game in the regular season versus the game in the postseason. Two drastically different styles of basketball, and that's where I think a lot of people are pointing the finger going, look, you can go let guys play. That's great. Let it fly. Yay, yay, yay. 
But when it comes down to half-court basketball, when it comes down to X's and O's, when it comes down to making a play, when it comes down to figuring something out, to changing a matchup, to changing something to make your guys successful, that's where people are starting to point the finger at Budenholzer. So we'll see how this season plays out. Appreciate the phone call. Let's do this. When we come back, we're going to talk some betting lines. Big weekend in the NFL. Big weekend. A lot of playoff ramifications on many of these games. We'll talk about the betting lines. That's with Chris Raybon of the Action Network. Coming up next on the Bill Michael Show. Everywhere in Wisconsin, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Let the good times roll. And I want these words to make things right. But it's the wrongs that make the words come to life. But who does he think he is? If that's the worst you got, better put your fingers back to the key. Welcome back. Glad to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. We continue on on this uh, New Year's Eve day broadcast, the final Bill Michaels Show of 2020. And uh, like we said before, you can't uh, can't get rid of this uh, this year fast enough. Uh, fortunately or unfortunately, it's just been one hell of a year. But we still got another big week coming up in the NFL and a big week of betting as well as you've got a lot of playoff ramifications on many of these games. Joining us now, Chris Raybon of the Action Network. Chris, how you doing, man? How's it going, though? It's going. Uh, I, I think uh, there's there's a lot of big games this week. Uh, I mean, obviously, we'll start with the Steelers and the Browns. The Steelers have decided to sit many of their players, but the Browns are dealing with COVID in their building. Um, does any of this move the needle when it comes to public betting and, and wagering and the big money? Yeah, you know, I think it, you know it definitely does. What a lot of times you see is the team with uh, you know the more incentive, or at least the perceived uh, perceived more incentive. Uh, gets gets more of the bets here. So Pittsburgh um, getting not a women not uh, completely you know locked into their spot. So they are getting sixty five percent of the bets. Uh, we've seen fifty six percent of the money, however, coming on Cleveland. So it's about split. Uh, but I would expect uh, some big money to hit Pittsburgh. Uh, but now the line has been taken off the board. You know we're kind of you know you mentioned some COVID situations and we're waiting for maybe exact word and exactly who. The Steelers are going to rest besides Big Ben, but just something to keep in mind, Mike Tomlin, uh, without Big Ben at quarterback as an underdog, is 12-3-2 against the spread all time. So with guys like Mason Rudolph and Michael Vick as an underdog, the Steelers still uh, can be expected to show up to play. Um, which, you know, obviously the the Colts are trying to get into the postseason, and uh, they are obviously looking for help as well. If they lose this game, if they win, they're in. So it, that there's a lot riding on this one. Then you look at the next game, the Cowboys and the Giants. Now, whoever wins this game could end up winning the NFC East if indeed Washington gets beat, which is a pretty good possibility. It could still happen. But this game uh, is on the road uh, for the Cowboys. They are going into uh, Giants Stadium, into the Meadowlands. The Cowboys have been playing better football. Offensively, they've been playing better as well. Talk a little bit about the money on this one. Yeah, so this is one where we're seeing a reverse line move, which means the money and the bets are coming in on one side, and yet the books are moving the line to the opposite side you expect, which usually means some, there's some sharp action coming in on one of the teams, and that team is the Giants. 67% of the bets and 84% of the money uh, are on the Cowboys, and yet that line has moved from three and a half to, uh, excuse me, from three to two. 
uh, it's moved down from Dallas favored by a field goal uh, to off the key number three and down to Dallas as a two-point favorite. So uh, the Sharps are, are betting the Giants here. Uh, Dallas, you know, always a team that gets a lot of public attention. Uh, and, and you mentioned the Jags and the Colts game, and I think it is interesting to point out because, you know, even though it's a 14-point spread, we usually see teams a lot of times – with, with zero motivation in, in week 17, uh, they cover over 60% of the time. And uh, 85% of the public betting on the Colts as 14-point favorites, 98% of the money on Jacksonville. So the Colts getting 80, 85% of the bets and 2% of the money, uh, you know, currently. Uh, so just wanted to point that one out. Uh, if anyone maybe thought that, you know, the Colts are kind of a lock. Remember, the Jags won win this year uh, came in week one against Indianapolis. You've got uh, another game, the Dolphins and the Bills. And uh, the Dolphins, they make the playoffs with a win in this game. They could also clinch a wild-card spot if the Ravens, Browns, or Colts lose. Now, the Bills have already clinched, and uh, they're either likely going to be, depending on what they do, the two or the three seed in the AFC. Uh, so they're still fighting for seeding. However, when it comes to these two teams, there, there's not a lot to This one's being played up in uh, in Buffalo as well, where they've made the announcement that come the postseason, the Bills will indeed have some fans in the stands. But talk about the money on this one. Yeah, so this one is one where the, the Dolphins are getting 85% uh, of the money. We've seen that line come down from 2.5 to 1.5, uh, mostly based on speculation that the Bills will rest some guys. Uh, yeah, I, that, that's actually a, that line is a little bit short, I think. You know, the Bills – you know, even resting guys, these things are never a sure thing. Uh, you have Miami, you know, coming off, you know, what, three straight home games. Now they're going to Buffalo. You know, just everything's on the line for them, really. Uh, you know, they're kind of flip-flopping between quarterbacks. They get lucky the last couple of weeks. So uh, this is another one where I would expect some some big money to hit the Bills' weight. But uh, so far, the, the money has pushed the Bills to just one-and-a-half point uh, favorites against Miami. Talking about the Cardinals, the Cardinals are on the road taking on the Rams. Cardinals, obviously, they got a win to get in and hope that the, 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 the Packers knock off the Bears. In the meantime, the Rams, they're playing without Jared Goff. Jared Goff with a broken thumb, and their backup quarterback has never taken a snap in an NFL game. So give me the lowdown because I know that game started at, what, three, three and a half or something like that, and I, it's either that or, or, excuse me, no, it started off, I think, at one, and it's been bet up to three and a half in, in this contest, correct? Yeah, everyone's betting. No one wants to bet the Rams. Everyone's betting the Cardinals. Uh, they're getting 64% of the bets, 90% of the money. Uh, they're three-point favorites mo- at most books. Maybe you can get a three-and-a-half, but uh, this is a, a no- yet another one where, you know, early in the week you, you're going to see kind of that the, that public reaction to the, the backup quarterback. But I would expect late in the week another one where, especially if this one moves off the three and, and, and Cardinals favored by three and a half, uh, that's when you'll see the money really start to come in on the Rams here. So um, that's one where, uh, you know, this is no gimme for the Cardinals. I mean, you talk about going against the backup quarterback, the Cardinals uh, lose straight up as a favorite. Uh, to C.J. Beathard and the 49ers just a week ago, scoring only 12 points. And this Rams defense is even more talented. So no gimme for Arizona. you got a Sunday night game, and uh, that is uh, Washington on the road taking on the Eagles. Washington, you win, you're in. You lose, you're done. 
So there's a lot riding on this contest as well. But the Eagles, a lot of pressure. I know uh, Doug Peterson, very agitated this week, wants to win this ball game, wants to be able to come out and kind of prove that, as he stated, look, I've won a Super Bowl as a head coach. Things are not as terrible as all the Philly fans are making it out to be. A lot of strong words and a lot of reason to play in this game for Philadelphia at home. Talk about that contest. Yes, this is another one where it's very one-sided as of now. Um, 65% of the bets, 93% of the money on Washington here. Uh, another one I wouldn't be surprised to expect some big money coming on Philly later in the week. You know, uh, Interestingly enough, though, you know, despite all this money coming in on Washington, the line is just uh, one and a half in favor uh, of Washington. And so that kind of tells you, you know, it's, it's essentially kind of a pick em game here, true toss-up. Uh, Washington has struggled in the first half, uh, you know, all season. I believe they're 3-12 and against the spread in the first half. So um, that, that's one where if you're considering betting, you may want to split, you know, if go, uh, go Philly in the first half uh, and, and Washington in the second or for the full game. A game that's pretty much stayed the same. That's the Saints on the road against the Panthers. Saints obviously are hoping that the Packers lose and figuring out ways to get into the postseason if, if there's a three-way tie between themselves, Seattle, and Green Bay record-wise. So talk about this game because the Saints aren't sitting anybody. Yeah, you have the Saints as seven-point favorites on the road. Uh, this is one where the, the kind of the, the public and the big money is split. The Saints getting 81% of the bets, but the Panthers getting over half the money. The Panthers are getting 57% of the money. So that's a pretty big discrepancy. I think there's a chance that, you know, as the game progresses, you could see some guys get pulled for New Orleans, but more, you know, more importantly, Carolina, uh, even though their, their record isn't great, they're five and 10, uh, they've generally been competitive all year, including a, a 27, 24 loss to New Orleans in New Orleans earlier this season. So remember, these are divisional games. There's a lot of familiarity there with the coaching staff, even if some of the players are, are different. Um, and, and so you, you, you generally don't expect these things to be, uh, you know, too, too much of a huge spread between them. So a lot of times you see the underdog uh, end up covering in these spots. And then you got the Chargers. They're on the road with Justin Herbert and company, and their offense is good. Their defense is not. But the Chiefs are going to be resting guys, namely Patrick Mahomes. Talk about the way the money has shifted on this game. Yeah, so this is this one's interesting because the public actually it's, it's fifty fifty between the Chargers and the Chiefs. Uh, but ninety nine percent of the money uh, that we've tracked so far on the Chargers here. Uh, that's why the line is three and a half instead of the field goal. Uh, you know, you have Chad Henney at quarterback for the Chiefs. You also look like you're resting maybe some first and second stringers. For example, you know, Le'Veon Bell has been held out of practice. You know, they may go with Darwin Thompson, you know, and Darrell Williams is, is at running back in some situations like that. So um, you are seeing the Chargers getting getting the sharp money here because, uh, you know, even without Keenan Allen, they're expected to still be closer to full strength here. Uh, and then the last game, obviously, the Packers on the road taking on the Bears down at Soldier Field, and Packers still playing for the number one seed. Bears are playing better football, and in addition to that, they're also trying to play to get themselves into the postseason. It looks like uh, all the bets, for the most part, are going for the Green Bay Packers. They're thinking the Packers are going to come in and learn the lesson from last year and not lose to the Lions. They're not going to lose to the Bears, <laughs> and they should be able to, to, to win this one quite handily. But to talk about the betting on this. Yeah, no, the Packers played a, a, just a, a great game uh, last week against against Tennessee, and 
uh, blew them out in what was expected to be a, clo- a close game. And so the public's by, you know, eating that up. 74% of the bets are on Green Bay as a five-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. However, 74% of the bets for Green Bay, just 26% of the money uh, is on Green Bay. So it's a complete split with you have you know, three-quarters of the bets on the, on the Packers, three-quarters of the money on the Bears. So this is another one of those big kind of sharp versus square uh, you know, uh, pro versus Joe disagreements on the week. And, yeah, I think the Packers are a little bit dicey this week. Um, but, you know, the Bears still dealing with some injuries in the secondary. So uh, this may be a game where you look toward the the the, uh, the total, depending on who the Bears have, have healthy in the secondary. It's at 51 right now. But, yeah, Packers, Bears, three-quarters of the money one way, three-quarters of the best the other. So there you have it. Uh, good stuff as always, Chris. We appreciate it. And uh, as the postseason rolls on, we'll continue to discuss, okay? All right, Bill. Have a happy new year and take care. You too, pal. Talk to you soon. There you go. That is our uh, buddy Chris Raybon of the Action Network joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard. They treat you fair. 80-plus years they've been doing it. Call them, 844-PRIDE, or go to schneiderjobs.com. We are uh, deep into the holiday season, getting ready to come out of it. And what are you going to do in 2021, Right. You're going to do things a little bit different this year. Uh, we're going to get eventually back out and about. And when you're out and about, think about this. You can choose either unleaded 88 or E85 if you have a flex fuel vehicle. And if you got a vehicle newer than 2001, unleaded 88, that'll work, right? Uh, I, and I encourage everybody to do the same. You can reduce the amount of petroleum in your gas, replacing it with renewable corn ethanol and increase demand for ethanol in our gasoline. It helps all the workers right here in our own backyard. They work hard every day to produce for you locally, whether it's truck drivers, farmers, God knows the farmers need us, the refinery workers, the dispensaries. It keeps the money here in our own backyard. So think about it the next time you go to the pump. If you need, uh, you know, the ethanol in your gas or if you desire it in your gas, you got a vehicle newer than 2001, chances are you can run an unleaded 88. If you got the green flex fuel badging on the back of your car or on the gas cap, chances are you're going to be running the E85 through it. Take a shot and do something good for the farmers, the refinery workers, the truck drivers, the dispensaries right here in our own backyard and throughout the upper Midwest. It's an easy decision, and don't miss this chance to be an advocate for the farmers and for all the workers. Go to abetterfuel.org. That is abetterfuel.org. Again, abetterfuel.org. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show, a little bit of breaking news as well when we come back right after this. You're listening to the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Now, a green and gold update brought to you by Concordia University, Wisconsin Veterans Services Department. Learn how to use your military benefits at cuw.edu slash veterans. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers have claimed Damon Snacks Harrison off of waivers. The six foot three, 350-pound defensive lineman played about 20 snaps per game for six weeks with the Seahawks before informing them on Monday that he wanted to be released. He'd spent a month on the Seattle practice squad before they activated him. Um, I knew it was going to take hard work and it was going to take some time. So, you know, once the work uh, became a little more than I had expected, I wasn't going to run from it. Snacks Harrison played for the Lions for a couple of seasons. Packers left tackle David Bakhtiari. How good is he? Oh, he I mean, he, he's a good player. He's, for, he? for being just a, a guy, a, a run stopper that can give you a, a great presence in the middle. And he's a very smart player, very instinctive, and he's, he's garnered the accolades 
all, all that has been earned for him. The Packers face the Bears Sunday at Soldier Field. Chicago with a shot at a wild card spot. Green Bay hoping to get a bye in the postseason. Aaron Rodgers. We both have something to play for. We're playing for the one seed. They're playing for their playoff lives. So there's a lot at stake uh, for both squads. You know, we uh, got after them a few weeks ago. They've been playing a lot better since then. We know what kind of game it's going to be. That's Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Welcome back. We are glad you are with us. Thanks uh, so much. As always, we certainly appreciate it. 855-830-8648. 855-830-8648. You want to chime in, feel free to go ahead and do so. Again, 855-830-8648. Badgers get a nice win yesterday, 42-28. They knock off Wake Forest, and they win the Dukes Mayo Bowl. You've had a lot of different games that have been canceled as well, uh, but you got the big ones coming up tomorrow. Tomorrow, you've got, uh, starting uh, the day off, uh, Cincinnati and Georgia. The uh, 9-0 and Bearcats go up against the 7-2 and uh, Georgia Bulldogs. That's going to be a good one. You've also got Northwestern. That's in the uh, Verbo Citrus Bowl. So that game's going to get underway. They're taking on Auburn. Uh, then, later on in the day, you've got number one Alabama taking on number four Notre Dame. That is going to be in the Rose Bowl. And then the late game, the All-State Sugar Bowl, and uh, that is going to be number two Clemson and number three Ohio State. you got a lot of good football, but you got a ton of good football coming up this weekend in the NFL as well. We're going to talk more about that. Snacks Harrison is in the building, and it looks like he's going to practice, and it looks as if uh, passing the protocols, he's going to be able to play this weekend for the Green Bay Packers. So uh, he is in the building. According to Coach LaFleur, and uh, he is going to be practicing as well. So there you have it. When we come back, we still got a lot more to get to. Hang in there. We're going to talk with Eric Branchek in the next hour, the Green Bay Press-Gazette. But Snacks Harrison, is this a big deal or is it just a big body? Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Sports Talk Network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.